Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 79, The Book of Mormon Will Come Forth. Why? Welcome to another week. It's November. What? I can't believe how fast time is going. And you know it's going fast. You know it's not just my my old age or my mature age. But when your 10-year-old can't believe that Halloween is already over, that he actually said a couple of days before Halloween, I can't believe it's already Halloween, Mom. The school year is just going so fast. Well, then you know that time just seems to be passing along. It's crazy. Before we know it, it's going to be 2020. And speaking of 2020, friend, I really would appreciate your help. So I have this goal to have 100 ratings by next year. And I need your help. By next year, by 2020, I will almost have been doing this podcast for two years. And I am just 20 ratings away. So I ask you to just take a second and find that ratings and review section that has the stars. And I ask you to rate this podcast. If you leave a review with a five-star rating, I will happily read your review next week on next week's episode. And I appreciate you. I really do. I appreciate you listening for choosing to find worth in something that I'm putting out there, that we get to spend this time together. And though I don't take it personally, if you haven't rated or given this podcast a review, I don't take it personally, but I would like to encourage you to do so. It's a way of expressing gratitude, and it would mean so much to me. Also, I am taking names for a new session of my mentoring program beginning in January. I will do a bonus episode pretty soon that explains more about this program, but in a nutshell, it's basically a 10-week program in which we build our confidence by learning more intentionally the characteristics of God and how we can apply that into our lives. My space is limited, and if you're interested in working one-on-one with me, send me an email at sisterscriptorians at yahoo.com, and I will put you on a waiting list. Again, to begin in January. All right, let's get started with this week's podcast. In 2 Nephi chapter 26, verse 13, Nephi prepares us Gentiles to be faithful, that the Lord manifests himself unto all those who believe in him by the power of the Holy Ghost, yea, unto every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, working mighty miracles, signs, and wonders among the children of men according to their faith. And last week, as we compared Nephi's counsel to our prophet's most recent words addressed to us daughters of God, as we compare that so that we can find application for what this scripture can mean to us today, we remembered last week that we were counseled what those acts of faith look like or what they may be. 
I categorize them as sacrifices or are setting apart the things of the world that press upon us and placing first and foremost in our lives the things of God, serving others, praying, fasting, time in the scriptures, service in the temple, and family history work. What Nephi refers to in his writings about how the Lord will manifest himself unto us is that the Book of Mormon will come forth. Have you ever thought of the Book of Mormon as being the Lord's letters of love to you? Have you considered that these are more than testimonies of God's children about him, but that he personally counseled with his servants on the right events to include and the plainest way that his doctrine can be presented so that he can manifest himself as plainly as he can to us. Some he did this by appearing to them. Some he sent angels to them. And some this just came through the inspiration and revelatory process that we are challenged to improve upon. We've been reading in the New Testament this year, in our homes and for Sunday school. And truthfully, I'm not as versed in the New Testament as I am in the Book of Mormon. There have been times that I have had to read a passage several times and still have not understood exactly what is being said to me. I then have pulled out the seminary manuals because I'm trying to go as basic as possible. And I was surprised to learn what scholars have gleaned from these passages. But I have faith that as I give my time and attention to the New Testament, that it will become clearer to me that I will learn that language but it has been a testament to me of the beauty and the plainness that the Nephites wrote in. I fully believe that the Lord directed their efforts that it may be as plain as possible to us. And today I want to do something slightly different with today's episode. Instead of going verse by verse and attempting to liken each one and trying and worrying about really how to include all all of the verses and all of the doctrine that is found in there. I've decided that I am going to draw from verses 13 to 17 in chapter 26. And then in chapter 27, which is an Isaiah chapter, there is some good stuff in these chapters. And I want to encourage you to remember that you are a friend of Isaiah, so you need to dive in and you need to read them on your own. They are fantastic chapters, exciting really, Because it is revelation of Isaiah's that we see the fulfillment of prophecy and that it's actually captured in the Joseph Smith history. But what I'm trying to say is I'm going to just condense it more today. My interest today is to focus on the why. Why is the Book of Mormon so important? Why does it matter so much to the Lord? Thankfully, (laughs) I don't have to guess because the Lord spelled it out for us, starting in chapter 27 in verse 23. My hope is that once you know the reasons that are close to the heart of our Savior as to why he instructs us to read the Book of Mormon, my hope is that you'll want to more diligently than you're doing right now feast upon those words. It's like a parent who has the perfect gift for us, a gift that they have poured their entire hearts into. And they're just pleading for us to come inside 
come inside their warm home and sit with them and open this present and be prepared to have your life changed because of this present. They know that it will make all the difference in your life if we could just pause and partake of the gift. If we could just make time to accept its transforming power. So what does the Lord want us to know? How does he desire to impact our life? The first reason for the coming forth of the Book of Mormon is the opportunity for the Lord to show that he is a God of miracles. Everything about the Book of Mormon is a miracle. It's a miracle that Nephi made it to the promised land. It's a miracle that the Lord prospered the Nephites like he did. It's a miracle that the Book of Mormon was protected when the Lamanites desired to destroy it. It's a miracle that Joseph Smith was directed by an angel, Moroni, on how to even find it, let alone translate it. Its translation only occurred through miraculous means. The preservation of the Book of Mormon, despite the venomous pursuits of others, is miraculous let alone all of the lives, the millions of lives that the Book of Mormon has changed because they sacrificed their time to read it. The Lord manifests himself to me every time I exercise faith in him and I pick it up and I read it. If I'm in a funk, which, believe me, happens. The Spirit testifies to me of hope and a better future when I just spend some time reading the Book of Mormon. For some, prayer is how they draw closer to God. For me, it is reading His Word. When I get into the words found in the Book of Mormon and I study them, Even when I have a heavy heart due to, I don't know, periods of unemployment that we've had in our married life or dips in relationships or difficulties with the responsibilities that come in parenting or, you know, even the various ways that the adversary knows how to work on me, the Book of Mormon miraculously softens my heart, expands my vision and gives me the strength, even the guts, to take a few more steps. Through the Book of Mormon, the Lord desires to show us that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know if we take time to fully appreciate this about Him. We often hear of those that find fault with Him because He is the same yesterday, today, and forever and believe He should change. Can we appreciate, though, that he doesn't change the rules on us? The path to salvation is solidified. We know how to obtain it and that we can have confidence that his promises are not only true, but assured because he doesn't change. We need that knowledge to do what is required of us. It's required that we put off the natural man to sacrifice our appetites for things of a better, 
We need to know He's unchanging to even have the desire to deny ourselves of all ungodliness, to turn the other cheek, to have compassion for our enemies, to give of our substance to the needy, and anything else that goes against our greedy selves so that we can have confidence that we are doing all of this with the hope of becoming better, with the hope of becoming like Him. The Book of Mormon, with its doctrine, that is reiterated to another group of God's children, a group that He separated from His other children so that He could keep His doctrine pure. Well, it gives us confidence to not only sacrifice, but to withstand opposition when we know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Book of Mormon helps us to love that God is unchanging. We see through the Book of Mormon that his love is unchanging. His doctrine is unchanging. His purposes are unchanging. And therefore, my salvation will be like his righteous children of the past. My reward is unchanging. Next, the Lord desires to show us that he is able to do his own work. This purpose gives us a nice intro into the story or the prophecy contained in Isaiah 27. The prophecy about how a sealed book will be brought forth. This book, the Book of Mormon, will be hid from the world. The Lord will choose who he will deliver it to, and that individual will be instructed to show it to three witnesses who will testify of its truth. The Lord will, in his own time, instruct that the unsealed portion of the book be delivered to the learned. He will say to the learned, read this, I pray thee, and the learned will say, bring hither the book, and I will read it. Now it is prophesied that the learned will have different purposes than the Lord's. He will desire to get gain and glory. How magnificent for his career. His colleagues will be in awe of such a discovery of an ancient people. And can you imagine how different life would be if the learned was able to achieve his desires? Naively, I sometimes think, ah, it would be so wonderful. The world would proclaim the truth of God. The world will see how it is another testament of Jesus Christ, a companionship to the Bible. But the jaded part of me, or maybe the realistic part of me, knows how easily the world would have sullied the truth of God, especially if its purposes were to get gain and glory. Perhaps they would have even changed it, or maybe they would have kept it from us because their intentions were not to glorify God. So when the learned man is told that the book cannot be brought to him because it is sealed, the learned man will say that he cannot read it. And I love this scenario. The world was set up by the Lord. The world rejected the Lord's book, and so he took it to one who was not learned who had no knowledge of how to translate an ancient language. But this did not worry the Lord in the least, because he is able to do his own work. Remember, he is the God of miracles. 
and that he can do his work among us according to our faith. And the Lord found one who was faithful enough to allow the Lord to manifest himself unto him and to be an instrument in the hand of the Lord. What is the Lord waiting to do with you if you would be faithful to him and allow him to manifest himself, to be an instrument in his hands? What can the Lord do with you? This event with the learned man rejecting the Book of Mormon occurred and is captured in our church history. You can read it in the Pearl of Great Price, beginning in verse 63 of Joseph Smith history. I remember as a child being amazed by this story. What I didn't know is that the angel Moroni quoted this chapter of Isaiah, Isaiah 29, to Joseph Smith when he first appeared to Joseph, telling Joseph that he must fulfill it. And in the Institute Manual, a letter from Oliver Cowdery to W.W. Phelps in 1835 reveals that the scripture needed to be fulfilled, that the learned man needed to reject the book. Quote, For thus has God determined to leave men without excuse and show to the meek that his arm is not shortened, that it cannot save. End quote. I love that to Isaiah, over 2,000 years before the Book of Mormon would come forth, that the Lord revealed his intentions to show his children that he is able to do his own work. He must have been excited (laughs) for this marvelous work and wonder to come forth, to reveal this to Isaiah so far before it would occur. And it excites me to think that The Lord was excited about this coming. This event also shows that another purpose of the Book of Mormon, in which the Lord states in his own words in verse 23, is to show us that he works not among the children of men, save it be according to their faith. The wise, the learned, chose to rely on their own power, on their intellect, on their sight, their touch, all of their senses. The unlearned needed to fully rely on God's power. He needed to be faithful. And because he did, the gospel of Jesus Christ was restored. This marvelous work and wonder, the Book of Mormon, and the restoring of God's saving ordinances is the Lord's work among the children of men. But he couldn't do it without our faith. Now, about this sealed portion of the plates. This too plays into the Lord's purposes. He desired to show us that he knows our works. And this can easily be seen in the stories and the doctrine that is revealed in the Book of Mormon. But then there's the sealed portion. In Ether chapter 4 verse 7, it says, And in that day that they shall exercise faith in me, saith the Lord, even as the brother of Jared did, that they may become sanctified in me, then will I manifest unto them the things which the brother of Jared saw, even to the unfolding unto them all of my revelations, saith Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of the heavens and of the earth and all things that 
in them are. The sealed portion of the plates contains all of God's work from the foundation of the world. Verse 11 reads, All things shall be revealed unto the children of men, whichever have been among the children of men, and whichever will be, even unto the end of the earth. He has been with us through everything, always revealing according to the faith we exercise in him. And not just to the Jews in Jerusalem, or the brother of Jared, or to the Nephites, but as Elder Neil A. Maxwell clarified, to other groups of God's children as well. Elder Maxwell taught many more scriptural writings will yet come to us, including those of Enoch. All of the writings of the Apostle John, the records of the lost tribes of Israel, and approximately two-thirds of the Book of Mormon plates that were sealed. Can you imagine how exciting it will be to have all of that? To have it to fill in the gaps and to see how the Lord has always worked among us. He knows all of the works of his children. He remembers them. He loves all of us. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Lord desires us to build our trust, place our confidence in him, and look forward to the day that he will come again. Isn't that what the Book of Mormon repeatedly pumps us up with? Finally, the last purposes of the Lord that he knows that the Book of Mormon will do for us. It's the transformation. He knows that a transformation will occur in our hearts. He knows that the meek will increase their joy in the Lord. The poor among men will rejoice in the Lord. That we can increase our confidence that the adversary will be brought to naught. And that we will have reason to sanctify the Lord's name. This is what I feel when I read the Book of Mormon. This is the power, the Lord's purposes working within me, that I feel when I, with a weak heart, read and then walk away with a strengthened heart, when I feel that I can rejoice even though on the outside my circumstances look like I'm being given the shaft. Now, I have never had the audacity to consider myself meek or to be considered the poor among men. I don't know. Those have just seemed like such honorable titles to me. And, and knowing when he refers to the poor of men, knowing he isn't referring to my bank account or any of my monetary blessings, but he's referring to the fact that the world really, in general, could care less about me. But I know that I have felt joy reading the Book of Mormon. And I know that I am often left in awe of my Savior. And just maybe, I'm not as far off the path if I am feeling those things, and then combining those feelings with the knowledge that his purpose is that the meek and the poor among men will experience such feelings. Well, that helps me to feel God's love for me, that he sees good in me, and he wants us to know that. This is him manifesting himself unto those who exercise their faith in him and give up some of their earthly pursuits and pleasures to 
choose to spend time with him. And when we do, he plans on showing us that the adversary will be brought to naught. He won't be victorious. In the Lord's time, Satan will be brought down to the pit, and we will look narrowly upon him and consider, is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the kingdoms? Reading the Book of Mormon strengthens our confidence to keep resisting him, keep denying entrance of the adversary into our minds and hearts. It teaches us to put Lucifer behind us and to come unto Christ. And for this reason, will we desire to be sanctified through the Lord's name, which is also another purpose of his. If he could just show us that he is a God of miracles, that he will do for us what he has always done for his children, that he is totally and completely capable of doing his work. And by our faith, he will absolutely do his work among us, that his plan is to do a marvelous work and wonder that will reveal to us how he knows our works and has been with us throughout all time and to come unto him because he plans to come to us again very soon. And he can and will fill us with joy and we will desire to rejoice because of him. And when we do, Satan can have no power over us because he is nothing. Then, then, We will make the choice to be sanctified by he who has the power to make us holy, to make everything work for our good, because there is no other name under heaven that can save us. But we have got to find this out for ourselves. We have got to read the Book of Mormon, where all of his purposes are revealed. Sister Scriptorians, this week... Take a little extra time to read the Book of Mormon. Read it because you love Him and want to know everything about your Savior. Read to discover how wonderful the Redeemer is and how He is exactly what you have been craving. And when you experience this joy, when you have learned, likened, and then lifted others, share that with a friend. Make it a great day.